Hey, what's up, man? We're back. It's first smoke of the day. Today, we got a special episode. We're in the Sacramento Takeover still. It's episode 62. And Pat Godger your host, here with my co-host, Blackleaf, as always. What up? And today, as you see, we're with the man himself, Miami Mango. How are you, bro? Not too bad, man. Glad to ha- uh, host you guys. I guess first episode of the Grail Show. I feel special to me already. Man, this is quite <laughs> a facility you got here. Quite uh, just well thought out, full custom build. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got character. You know, For sure, I would say so, huh? Super innovative and man, you really like exceeded all expectations, honestly, of, uh, you know, how well this tour would be and how much shit we would see and be like, wow. Well, I appreciate that from you guys. I know that you guys have been doing this for a long time and um, you guys stored quite a few facilities. So uh, definitely a compliment. I'll take it. Uh, we did take our time uh, with this build. Um, we're not only going to grow cannabis here, but we're going to um, sort of serve several purposes. We're going to be doing tours here to promote Trollmaster, Think Grow, uh, Mango Tech Store, and uh, obviously Miami Mango Cannabis, Miami Mango Concentrates, and uh, Mango Tech Clothing. So it's co- collaboration of pretty much six companies into one building, and uh, we wanted to make it uh, like a showroom. So uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff in here that you probably wouldn't do in a regular grow room, but uh, since it's a showroom, we had to go the extra mile. I mean, you can tell too. And, and right when we walk in, you start showing us how you guys are recycling your water, just how impressive that was and everything. Can you kind of go into that a little bit? Like, you know, cause that was obviously an addition to the building. You made a room, we were in there, AC, everything's like, you know, super lab efficient style, you know, the float from the flooring to, you know, the equipment in the room, everything It's just, everything's super dialed. So when I, when we first, when I first assigned this, this place, um, I, uh, it didn't have the filtration, the full filtration system. We were just going to dump, dump to waste. Uh, when I, when I started building, I cut up the floors and somebody told me that in California in 2023 or soon enough, they were going to start implementing uh, a law that would make us cultivators uh, recycle the water, catch the water, recycle it. It made sense to me since California is the leader in, in kind of green regulations that it was going to go through. So I figured, you know what, this is the time to do it, to do it now, be proactive instead of trying to uh, retrofit the space to do that later. So I got machinery there. You know, I got no walls. I got raw, raw concrete, not epoxy, no, no, no benches. I said, you know what, let me slow down the project a little bit. Let me uh, design the underground so I can reclaim not only the runoff from the benches, but reclaim all the AC and all the dehumidification water, including the offices. All the office AC, we reclaim that water too. Uh, believe it or not, the ACs and your dehumidification is about 70 to 75% of your water. And it's pretty clean water. Um, first two months, we dump it because it's got oils from uh, manufacturing process and, and metal shavings. We don't want to kill the filters. So we dumped that water first two months. But after that, we start catching all that water and filtrating it. So um, another thing that I did was just uh, instead of putting that equipment inside this, the the initial space that we have, the 16,000 square feet, I built an, an outdoor structure and put DPS panels out there to protect all the equipment and keep it uh, cool in the summer, warm in the winter, uh, 70 degrees year round. And that's where we store roughly about two days, two to three days worth of water. If we weren't recycling, since we recycle, uh, that 10,000 gallon tank probably run us two, two to three weeks. 
just keep using it, you know. So whenever the tank goes down to the second float, that's when the seawater water comes in. Uh, so if California <clears throat> implies the regulations of recycling uh, water, we're already compliant. Plus, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, just being in California in general with all the droughts and shit, I mean, it's totally efficient and it's got to be the future because there's a, a, a level of sustainability that's got to take place with uh with all these grows and stuff so it's dope that you're you have the foresight into that and you're not just like you know talking about it you're implementing it you know correct yep we we catch all the runoff from the from the tables goes into a certain uh um uh, water reclaiming uh, skid that cleans that water, sends it to a tank, and then all the water from the condensates goes into another tank, and then we, we recycle that, and uh, we, we repurpose it. Same thing that we're going to do with uh, Rockwell. We're in contract with a company that is going to pick up all our Rockwell um, <clears throat> every every two weeks, so we're going to save it, dry it, and then they take it, they, they chop it up, they, they pull all the organics out of it, you know, all the roots and stuff like that, and then they stuff the noodles, um, noodles that are, or the wattles, they look like a noodle, but they're like a waddles, the construction waddles that they use to absorb and keep erosion, stuff like that. So we're trying to do the right thing, you know, by, by all means for, you know, for having such a big carbon footprint, but we're trying to, you know, uh, mitigate that. You can tell. And with the dopest thing, I mean, we're literally sitting live in like one of the in most insane grow rooms. I mean, podcasting live from how many lights are in this room? This room's got 60 Model H, uh, sorry, Model I Plus. Yeah. They're 720 watt. Uh, think grow LEDs over 3000 diodes per light. And, uh, they have four different spectrums. They have white chips, um, LM301Bs from Samsung. They have Osram reds, Osram deep reds, far reds, and then UV diodes in here too. And this is such just the tip of the iceberg from what we just did for this behind the scenes content. We walked through everywhere and we went over every piece of this facility and had Mango himself explain everything. I mean, if you want the the background background, we just went through so much of that. And then the first thing that comes to mind with this is passion project. For like, sure. Passion project. Because nobody goes to this extent and this much energy and extra energy because like you did this yourself. You didn't contract this out and just write a big check or have another company come in and back you and uh, nope. I actually, uh, Andrew, mm -hmm. I'm a contractor by trade. I'm a general contractor. I've been a general contractor since 1995, state license in, in Florida. I, uh, I grew up into the construction industry, um, cooking and also the construction industry. And uh, I designed my own homes and I built my own homes. And that's kind of how I got started into this cannabis thing is, um, I would, I would work in construction and then uh, my friends were surfers. We we're all surfers, smoked weed. And they said, Hey, Mango, you know how to build. Well, can you, can you build me a grow room? And I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, we, we know and you, you build one. And then we had some kind of parts. You build one, you take it apart. When you take it apart, it's when you really realize how shitty of a job you did, let's say, because there's mold behind the walls or, you know, stuff didn't fall apart. And every time you build one, I, it doesn't matter. Even if I was going to build one right now, I build it better than this one because this is still a, you know, you never stop learning. So that's how I got into the cannabis industry. Kind of was just a uh, home builder by day. Uh, custom clandestine high-end indoor facilities in Florida, because in Florida, nobody grows outdoors for obvious reasons. It's not legal and the weather is not um, um, good to grow. So uh, did a bunch of high-end custom grow rooms in uh, for friends and they talk amongst themselves. And then for a while I was um, building grow rooms for all the 
the dopers in Florida. And I got smart and I said, I wouldn't, I started growing. I mean, I started building the grow rooms at cost as long as I got all, I got all the work. So I wouldn't build them for anybody unless I got all the work. I had the first rights refusal to every pound that came out of that build. So builder by day, doper by night. What, what's <laughs> optimal, a garage or a bedroom? What are you going in for um, back in the day? You know what? It really depended on the <laughs> client, but uh, you know, I've, done, I've done many garages. Yeah. Uh, they both have their, 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 their pluses and minuses or their positives and negatives. Um, sometimes I would gut the inside of the house and let the garage normal so somebody could pull into the garage and they could get all the all the, the equipment, you know, or nutrients or whatever it is out and look normal. And then sometimes the guys wanted, you know, the garage built. And so it was whatever, whatever the case was, you know. And then this is the scale up to a million. This is like taking the, the best of ideas and just really creating something that, I mean, any, any person from anywhere in the world, if you're looking to get into cannabis, this would be one of the facilities I would come to schedule a tour and walk through because this will give you a speck of where the bar is set, you know, and what type of cultivation can be done in a facility like this. I, I think I would have to agree with you. Um, obviously I didn't learn everything overnight. Uh, I did a lot of consulting over the years. I was blessed that a lot of people, um, opened their doors up to me to, um, to let me tour their facilities. And sometimes it was just, they were being cool. And if, uh, if I was in town, they would, they would hit me up on the, on the DM on Instagram and say, Hey, you want to come check out my facility? And then other times, um, they were being smart. They knew that I was in town. I was a Rockwell guy and they might've been a dirt guy or cocoa guy. And they invite me to their facility just so they could pick my brain about Rockwell. Uh, and that was cool because I, you know, it, it, there's, not one facility that I ever went to and didn't learn something, you know, and I would always have a memory bank saying, you know what, if I ever build a place, I'm going to do that or I'm going to do that, but I would do a couple of things different to make it better. Um, that's just human nature. You know, we always absorb something and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very hands-on person. I build a lot of stuff. So, um, if I see something, I say, you know, I can do that, but I can make it better. Yeah. You know, that was just like a natural progression of, building grow rooms, I guess. Well, it all starts somewhere. It usually starts <laughs> with the first time you ever smoked weed. That's always like, you know, it, for most people, that's where the passion begins is like, what is this? And then this downward spiral. No, <laughs> then this spiral of like, uh, just, you know, introspective of like, wow, this isn't what they thought it was. Tell us about the first time smoking weed. Well, you know what? <laughs> Do uh, be uh, Honest, I, I didn't start smoking weed until I was in my early 20s. I was, when I was super young, I'm, I'm, I'm a Colombian national. I'm, I'm a naturalized citizen of the, the U.S. So I obviously came from Colombia. When I first came here in the United States, everybody, everybody in school would have the, the joke about, you know, the, if I lived in a hut and then, you know, cocaine, Pablo Escobar, the whole deal. And the truth is, I didn't really learn. I was young, though, too. I was about 10 years old. I didn't really learn about drugs until I came to the U.S., um, and I was kind of anti weed because, you know, my upbringing, you know, I never knew about it, you know, and then my best friend who was a surfer, he smoked weed and I was like, man, why are you smoking weed? Dude, you just roll up a $20 bill, hit yourself over the head. It's the same thing. I didn't know anything about it. You know, I was kind of sheltered in a way. I, my parents didn't have any money when we come here. So I, I pretty much immersed myself in work, but all my friends sold weed and stuff like that. They had the nice cars. They had everything that was cool and i'm man, i, I, I want to be those guys i wish i had a, the romantic 
story that you know some people have or maybe not romantic maybe that might be the long the wrong wordage but you know some people got into it because uh you know one of the family members had cancer and they wanted to save it uh me i just you know florida lifestyle you know got sucked into that you know one of the fast paced fast cars chicks you know we wanted to surf around the world go pay for our surf trips you know not have to have a job you know that that you had to report to every day even though i had jobs but we wanted to do what we wanted and um i started um I started actually sell weed before I smoked weed. Um, that was the thing, you know, like I said, my parents were broke. They couldn't help me if they wanted to. Um, when we were young, uh, they, they both worked. So I, I wanted, I wanted the nicer things in life. You know, I want to be able to take care of myself and help my parents too. <laughs> Eventually I started smoking weed later on, you know, cause it just looks so good. You know, something, the smell of it is just like, and then you start smoking it and then you get the love and the passion for the plant, you know, in a way. So. That's how, how that, that's how that went. It was Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> it was Reggie with some Jamaican booth press, something like that. It was, it was nothing, uh, nothing fancy. I mean, uh, did you get high? I don't remember. I don't think I got high. Uh, it was just like, I think I definitely remember a seed being in it because he just, that, that's <laughs> when like it burns your eyes, the smoke gets in mm -hmm. it because it starts smoking and definitely smells, you know, super stinky. Uh, so it was nothing special, you know. I, I started getting into the hydro game when um, in Florida, you realize that, uh, you know, a pound of weed softly this big, you know, but a quarter pound's this big. And uh, they roughly were about the same price, roughly back in the day, you know, a quarter pound and, and a pound of weed, but you can get a quarter pound of weed and stuff in your pants and walk into a house or walk out of a house with free hands. And you know, the cops in Florida, they just want to see you walk out of that house with that bag and say, hey, that guy's carrying it, let's follow him. So I kind of transitioned into the, into the hydro uh, shit. This is back 19, 1992, 91, by 1990, 1990, 1991, at high school. And uh, a guy sold me my, my first quarter pound of skunk for $1,200. And that shit was insane. I still remember to this day, it was like a skunk. And then from there, I was hooked. It's like, what, quarter pound, small, I can stick it on my pants, make the same amount of money, less people. That's my game. Those were the early days. It was not cool back then either. Like, you know, like that skunk, that smell, even just smelling like that was not cool. You know, it's no. hard, let alone trying to like have it on you, you know, like just, just your hand smelling like it, or you walking in after you smoke, some people would look at you crazy. I bet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, good thing that back then uh, the food savers were, were around uh, service merchandise back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember, you're from Florida. <laughs> yeah. Everybody went to service merchandise and you bought your, your food saver in one side was white and the other side was clear. And we always had to seal your bags because if not, it was a dead, dead giveaway. You get pulled over, they smell it. You're going to jail. What was the first, the first actual plants that you got a hold of? Were they from seed or did you grow them? Were they clones that got, you got, got given or how, how that happened? Um, my growing career started about 1994, 95. It was a, uh, it was a guy, white guy, surfer guy that knew how to grow and he, he had, he had the money. And then there was a Jamaican guy, tall Jamaican guy that was, uh, uh, he was a, a physical trainer and he's, he's been buying weed for me for years and he always wanted to grow weed. Kept telling me for years, man, I want to grow, I want to grow. I'm like, dude, you don't want to grow. You don't want to grow. He sold them all kinds of weed, smoking weed. And um, the white guy says, hey, man, um, you know, the, the American guy says, hey, man, find me a house. And I said, okay, no problem. So I talked to a friend of mine, and uh, we had a three-way partnership. Uh, was um, I, I build a grow for, for cost. 
including the fence and everything. I mean, it's a whole ensemble. You don't just build a grill. It has to be super private. Um, he would finance it. The other guy would sit on the house, grow it. We'd all trim. And then I would get the pounds like at a, at a set fee. It was like 36, 3,800 bucks or something like that. Back when pounds were like at 4,800, you know, 4,600. So um, first, first thing I built was a 10 lighter. It was a four lighter in a, in a bedroom, six lighter in the other bedroom. <clears throat> and uh, the American guy brought the clones. And uh, we had like, a, I think it was a year, they had a year partnership. After a year, um, he gave my friend a crash course on how to make a clone. Here's what you do. Boom, boom, boom. You're on your way. He made clones the first time and they all lived. Uh, and so he thought, I got this. And then uh, the second time around, that didn't work so well. So it must have been beginner's luck. So then uh, I started talking to him, you know, and I would go over there and, uh, and I had to retrofit a bathroom to be able to house a, a mom and then a clone area. And that's where I really started getting into it because I would build something and it didn't work. So you go in there and make it better. So I would started maintaining his grow and going in there. He was the actual grower, but I would go in there and I'd build it. And then I would uh, kind of mitigate issues and stuff like that. You know, um, <clears throat> the, the room breathing, humidity issues and all kinds of stuff. And back then you couldn't go into Instagram and DM somebody or ask somebody or Google. We were anti-computers, anti-anything. So it was, it was like a trial and error. You almost had to do a whole run to figure out and see if the shit worked. So it was expensive lessons uh, in the early years. Were some of the guys, like I remember a lot of the like early timers, I call them or old timers, some people say, but the grocery store guys, would you ever go back and forth with those guys in the uh, early days or no? You know what? We, the the grocery stores in Florida are wild, dude. You know the cops, if, you know. Um, Big shout out, Sunshine Hydroponics. Yeah, if the, <laughs> the, the, the cops would, uh, you know, they had nothing to do, they would go to the grocery store and they would sit there and they would just watch and then see who's going in and out. Yeah take down license plates and, uh, and, and that's how they, a lot of people would get busted. So you'd never go to the grocery store to buy anything. You might go to the grocery store and set up uh, a line with, with, with the, with the store owner. Hey, I'm going to come buy stuff like that. But you know, say, listen, I'm going to send somebody here. There's going to be a list. You're going to give it to them. You, you have to pay a person to go grab it, store it somewhere for, you know, some amount of days, whether it's a day, two days, three days, four days, five days, depends what the load was and then you go get it from them uh, uh, or they would bring it to you at some specified location. Um, I had a friend that I used to pay about $150 a trip and uh, he went to the grocery store the next night, um, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, um, sheriffs stopped at his house to do a survey survey, which is, you know, so they just want to do some bullshit survey. They wanted to go up to the door, knock on the door, say who was there, you know, see if it looked like a house that was lived in or if you're a trapper. And then that's kind of how they did that. So it was interesting. So it's interesting that they did that because you knew that these guys were, 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 were actively searching for people that way. You know, we always heard about it, but I actually lived it because it happened. So very careful with the grocery stores. Man, so different well, back then. Side note, like, what was it like? being at that age in the 90s coming out of the 80s and the 90s in miami or in that you know south florida area had it been like so much different there was a there was a time in florida that uh if somebody got busted with a key kilo of cocaine they would they wouldn't even care about cocaine they would ask the guy where's the grow house where's the grow house 
They wanted to grow houses. I mean, they wanted to grow houses. Every, I mean, they were just so hot on grow houses. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but at one time, uh, Florida had a more record of grow houses being busted than California, which is unheard of. Um, but it, and, and the reason why is because nobody grows outside in in Florida. It has to be indoors. But uh, also because um, you know uh, forfeiture, civil forfeiture. You know they usually get a lot of stuff. You know by uh, by busting. The grow houses, you know, catch you with the key, whatever. But a grow house, they're going to take a lot of stuff from you. And most of us, we used to actually buy the houses to grow in because um, nobody wanted to rent. Uh, we were anti-renting, and uh, it was it was. Let me tell you what I think. Me, me and a friend of mine, I see a green lounge. We talk about the stupid shit we did back then. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we do it right now. I mean, it seems I don't know. Maybe the the, the older you get. The smaller your balls get, <laughs> I <laughs> maybe agree. The, or maybe you come, you become wise, uh, wise beyond your years. Mm-hmm. But you go, God, we did some stupid shit back in the day that we would never do. It was uh, definitely, uh, definitely did a lot of stupid shit when we were young. Blessed, blessed for sure. What uh, what type of strains when you were coming up in Miami with plants and stuff? What, what were like the hot strains originally? Was there stuff so you said? Skunk was one. Did what were some of the other ones? Skunk that you Northern seeing? Lights was my first experience with. Um, with with hydro that was my first experience with hydro uh remember tie stick tie stick was coming around tie stick was uh was uh was pretty popular then uh <clears throat> there was a there was a guy by the name of taco joe dude had long hair to hear he had yeah stingray corvette all the strippers it was like man i would be like that guy every, every, i think every young kid at the beach wanted to be like that guy taco joe taco joe yeah that's awesome <laughs> that was his name yeah that was his, his, his name is joe but his nickname was taco joe because he had a he had like a, a small taco restaurant by the beach so his nickname was taco joe taco but, joe out of south beach no no well i lived uh I never lived a day in Miami in my life. I lived. Always, I'm oh, a five six shit, one. Man. I'm a five six one guy. You know, uh, call me uh, uh, Boca Mendo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Palm Beach guy. Yeah, you know, I'm in South Florida. We did go to Miami all the time to party, but I never lived in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, a nickname for from for 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 the herb. But a tie stick, um, Orange Crush was the first one that we mm. ever grew. Orange Crush is very similar to Orange Cookies, short stout orangey you know seven week strain that we grew um there was a strain that uh <clears throat> it was a strain that I, I didn't never grew it i sold it it was called the hard nug the original crypto that guy taco joe used to sell it back in 1985 86 100 dollars a quarter 100 dollars a quarter he was freaking they were, they were making a killing back then 100 dollars a quarter is what it went for and um, i told you my f- best friend at that time i was telling you earlier he, he would owe miss you know buy spend 100 dollars and on a quarter of weed, it's like, dude, to me, I, I used to work. I mean, I worked, you know, two jobs. Like, dude, I can't believe you spent a hundred bucks. He was rich. Didn't matter. His parents would give him money. I was like, dude, just hit yourself with the head and in, in, uh, in the head with, it, with, it, with, it, with a stick and, and smoke the $20 bills, the same thing or whatever. But this crypto weed, uh, this crypto weed was something special. It had a, you know, very, very like, like lemony, sliced skunky, coffee tones to it. And uh, eventually I met this dude, I was working in Miami at a, uh, at, a, at a deli. My dad got a deli and I was working for him, uh, helping him out, worked there for like a year. This guy met me and he goes, hey, I got something for you. He goes, go to the bathroom underneath the gooseneck of the sink. The guy just met me about six months ago, didn't know me. Says, maybe I can make money off this kid. Uh, he seen me work every day. So I, I grabbed this weed and as soon as I looked at it, it's like, oh my God, that's that crypto. That's that crypto. So I, I went home 
think he gave me an ounce. Uh, I went home and, uh, and I showed it to all my friends. I was like, dude, that's a crypto, that's a crypto, that's a crypto. So I told the guy, yeah, you know, can you give me a, can you give me a pound? I said, mm -hmm. pound? Hell no. No way. I can barely even <laughs> get you a quarter pound. There's no way. You know I mean, obviously I didn't know at that time, but he was testing me. So I never asked him for anything then, uh, but a month later, yeah, it takes me to his house and, uh, boom, seal meal package, 500 gram brick Ooh. weed, you know, seal meal, food saver, perfect brick. Um, and it was, uh, it was a newspaper. We unsealed it, opened it up, Seattle newspaper. It was a crypto. That's what it, that's what I, it came in. And before you know it, I was his Huckleberry, you know, he thought I was paying more than anybody else, but I think I was paying, uh, like $6,000 for, for a 500 gram brick back in the day. No, no, it was, that was 5,800 or something. Um, something ridiculous. I spent a lot of money, but, uh, I'm with that weed. I met every drug dealer in, 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 in this, in this South area of, of, uh, of Florida. Because they would buy that weed to smoke and they would sell all the other weed because I had that weed. That so that, crypto. That crypto. Bro. Mm -hmm. and, and so the smell was like almost like a skunky or what, what would you compare it to, you know, for people? Because I, I, we even maybe saw it a handful of times at yeah. best. It oh, bro. Come on now. We used to get we Before used, your time. We, nah, we used to as grow. Uh, well, I mean, so, so 2001, I started smoking. Mm -hmm. 2002 is when we started like really getting into it. But uh, we used to get skunks. We mm -hmm. used to get lime green super skunk, skunk 44. We used to get like lime skunk. We used to get, uh, you know, and then, you, you know, with you guys, like people, did you ever see OGs back then? Because we always hear about, you know, the South Florida OGs and the OGs, but I, I rarely remember seeing any OGs. Right? Um, Little bags. I didn't, I didn't of it here see and there. much OG, but uh, but I definitely knew about the Triangle Kush. Yeah, I didn't know at that time that uh, I didn't know at that time um, that it was Marty because you know we we, we were in mm. South Florida and then we kind of separated. He went to the Central Coast. He he was messing with. I mean, uh, when we were in the Deerfield Beach area, there was like, these other guys that were older than us, like Taco Joe and then Petey and all these other guys. They were the guys that we looked up to. It's like, oh my God, those are mm -hmm. those are the guys we want to be with, be like. Let's say. Uh, those guys, you know, they would, they would take a liking of a, of, of a youngster and kind of, mm -hmm. you know, bring him up and he, and, uh, and Marty got with this guy and then that's how they went over to Europe and all that kind of stuff. And he was helping him a couple of grow houses and stuff like that. That's how he learned. But, uh, Marty had that, uh, that TK and I know surfers that were going up towards Melbourne area to get the TK and they would mm -hmm. bring it down towards you know, the, the, the Jupiter North Palm beach area. But at that point in time, I didn't know that until we, we got, we reunited later in life. And then we talked about it, you know? So in that, in, in, how does it progress to, is it further along or how much further along before the mango starts to come around? Do you start seeing it or, you know, any of that? It was 2000 year, <clears throat> 2000. I was selling, uh, I was selling a lot of orange crush to this, another American in, in North Miami. And, uh, and I was selling pounds of all kinds of weed, but I think it was Orange Crush. And then he brought me a pound of mango and uh, fell in love with the smell. Fell in love with the stuff. Oh my God, this is bright green, super, super wet, super wet. I mean, it was dry, but it was just like wet terps. And the smell was delicious. And uh, I was buying packs from him. I was buying packs from him. And um, he introduced me to the, the Cuban guy because um, we, traded, we traded clones. We traded clones nine, you know, so he came around to my house. We were introduced, Bob, this is Bob, Bob, this is Bob. <clears throat> so we knew each other as Bob. 
That's some old school shit. You glazed over it. All the old guys I knew who were like 10 years older than me who've been growing, whenever you'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, Bob. They'd even call strains Bob. That was like the default, like synonymous. We're not going to talk about each other's real names. You're Bob and I'm Bob. Mm -hmm. So the funny story is, okay, so we traded clones. He took the the nine uh, orange crush and he didn't really like it. He didn't really like it. We got his, his, his mango and then we couldn't grow it right. We couldn't grow right. We were young growers at that time. We didn't know much. We try to grow it. Now, knowing what I know now, we weren't letting it go the distance. We were used to orange crush seven weeks. The the the, the Miami mango is, is is a nine, nine and a half weeker, you know? Um, so we weren't letting it go. So we weren't getting it right. So then um, I try to get a hold of that, um, hold that hold the, the guy who was selling me the, the mangoes. I was buying, you know, 10, 20s, 15s from him. Say, hey, I, I want to get together with that guy. I want to get his recipe. Finally, one day the guy looks at me and goes, listen, bro, you got a better chance of being Elvis than seeing this guy again. I said, okay, no problem. So I think I, I owed him like 70 racks at one point. And I knew he, you know, my money was on point all the time. It was, it was, it was on point all the time. So I, knew, so I gave him, I think it was like 60 racks in hundreds and 10 racks in tens. I knew he wasn't going to count the money. He was going to take his cut out of the tens. So I stuck a piece of paper in the twenties that said, Hey, listen, Bob, this is Bob. I'm sorry for this. I, I'm not trying to jump a fence. All I'm trying to do is get a recipe. That's all I want to do. This is my number. Give me a call. Uh, I'm, I'm in the golf course the next day. I'm playing golf. Boom. And I see a number. I, I seen a phone call come through on my cell phone and, uh, and I answer the phone. Hey, what's up? Kind of thought, had a feeling it might've been him. And then the words of the guy says, he goes, uh, you either got balls or you know your people pretty well. And I go, well, a little bit of both, you know, a little bit of both. But listen, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to freaking uh, stroke myself, but and I didn't want to like scare him. So I said, listen, I'm playing golf. Is there any way I can call you later? You know, because, you know, just break the ice. I'm saying he called me. I call him. I got him. I got his phone number. We're cool. Everything's cool. So then, uh, so then um, I try to call him again the next day. Don't answer. I called him twice, maybe a bad day. He didn't answer. I called him for a couple of weeks. He didn't answer. So then for six months, I would give him a call a week. You know what I mean? So I, I would call him, but I wouldn't bug him. You know what I'm saying? The dude calls me six months later, and he goes again. Uh, this is a little bit older guy than me. You know the difference between impertinence and being persistent and impertinence. So uh, we started this dialogue, you know, dialogue. And uh, <clears throat> I knew that he was loyal to that guy. And I don't want to steal him. I, all I wanted was a recipe. Hey, give me a recipe. Uh, so we, uh, he goes, no problem. 60 grand, 60 grand. It's okay. So, uh, so we paid him 60 grand, you know, uh, blindfolded the dude, took him to the grow, you know, uh, took him to the grow. And then, uh, he told us how it was a little bit different style. We used to grow on, uh, one gallon, one gallon pots, hydrogen with a three inch cube, you know, feet dripper, top feed, feet to waste. The Cubans at that time, they grew in the leech trays with slabs, you know, slabs, you know, uh, very popular nowadays now. And they would, you know, they would cut the, the slabs on top and put three inch cubes. And, um, and he told us how, uh, how he did it. So then me being in construction, um, they use, you know, bricks and two by four. So I, I built tables and they had the spaghetti feeding going like this. And I did, you know, PVC pipe and I made it, you know, like my style, you know, like Gucci shit. 
and uh, he gave us the, the recipe. And then from there, uh, I mean, we hit, I think, I think we hit two and a quarter the, the first time back then. That's fucking unheard of, you know, uh, unheard of. We hit two and a quarter. We were able to pay the guy back at one time. And then from then on, um, it's history. So do you guys start dialogue? Are you guys starting to become friends? Does it just progress from there? You go to lunch and you it's, or was it 60 grand? Here's some business. And like, uh, we'll talk another time. Uh, it was, it, go? it was 60 grand. We paid them. And then, um, once again, I didn't, I didn't want to jump the guy's, uh, fence, you know, be a, a barbecue, but, uh, and I, I don't want, I didn't want to cut my friend out of the deal, mm-hmm. but then, uh, <clears throat> they had a bad, they had something go bad where some, where some weed in, in a trunk. Somebody got raided. There was some weed in the trunk and nobody could get to it. It got hot and he needed somebody to sell the weed to, and nobody want, wanted, I'm sure down there. So he called me and says, Hey, you want some weed? And you got to start from the bottom. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Yeah. Give me your weed. I'll sell it. I'll sell it for you. So he brought me the weed and I sold it for him. And then there was another bad batch and I took it and I sold it for him. And at that point in time, I think the dude felt like me, oh, this dude solid, you know, whatever, let me, let me, uh, let me start giving him weed. So I would get whatever weed he had. And then whatever weed my friend had, you know, cause I double dip. I mean, I couldn't have enough, you know, I was, I was paying, I think 4,200, 40, 4,200, 4,000, 4,400, I forget, somewhere in there. And I was selling them all for 4,800, whether you bought one or you bought 10, it was 4,800. Uh, so I was making anywhere between 600 or 800 a piece. I think it was 4,200 I paid for them. So 600 or $800 a piece, no matter if I, you know, if you bought 10, 20, 30, uh, we're making cash back then. For Man. a young kid, we're making cash. Yeah, and you have an exchange of knowledge. Mm. And with that exchange of knowledge, there's a commonality that we always find when we podcast at Pack Gods and myself. Whenever there's this exchange of knowledge and we find it on a pure form, it's usually like almost every time there's uh, an exchange of like making yourself useful. You were making yourself useful for him. He didn't have this. He did. And then other guys will be like, well, yeah, I'll just scrub these trays and I'll, I'll get like, however you do it for the person. You're like, you make yourself useful. And then the exchange of knowledge starts to happen. Correct. Exactly. I mean, and I knew that you have to work for the bottom. So it is what it is. They don't give me that weed. I'll sell. I mean, we, we could sell pretty much anything back then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how that relationship started. And we, we, we became friends, you know, we became friends. And did you already uh, have the mango haze at this time yet or no? Uh, ye, I, yes, I think. Yeah. Mm, I don't remember, man. It's been so long. Let me. Re- yes, well, I think we had it. We had it because I was getting weed from him. I was getting weed from the guy that was growing it. Like I said, at that time, mango was so hot that you couldn't have enough. You couldn't have enough. And then later on in the years, you couldn't give the shit away. <laughs> it's crazy how it swings that's with everything were you monocropping a lot back then in the in early Florida, days it's pretty much all monocropping mm-hmm. because it's illegal highly illegal 25 plants uh, or more is uh three years minimum mandatory so uh you really didn't have uh if you, if you spend this money on a grow you really didn't have the time to uh to experiment you know what i'm saying that's why we wanted the mangoes we knew it was it was at least a, you know one three quarters two pound a light plant uh that they had it so you you need to hit from the beginning because it's an investment that you it's a risk and an investment that you put into a grow house so you need to get your money back right off the bat and then be on the block and to start playing with seeds back in the day it was just uh, we didn't play with seeds forever you know, see, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, I, I would never have a problem paying you <clears throat> for a strain that was proven. You know what I mean? Because I know from the rip, I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to hit from day one. So it didn't, it didn't matter. You know? 
Yeah, hundred percent. It's a, it's still like that. People will pay a premium for a proven genetic versus trying to do a chase. And with a chase comes time, and time is always the roughest. I mean, dude, you got a year, a year of chasing. But like a facility like this, where you showed us a dedicated room just for pheno hunting, just for chasing, is such a flip side of like where the industry is going. Well, I mean, it's different now. You have, um, you have a commercial size facility. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be you need to evolve now you can't grow what everybody else has got you need to come up with the new new all the time um so i thought it was it was very important to have a room here that was designated to to creating new genetics you know and then trying out new you know, popping beans popping beans we have a room that we can wet 800 800 seeds you know five times a year five times a year and then uh and create something special from all that from i mean 800 seeds is, is a lot of seeds whether you do all 800 all one strain or you break it in 200 200 200 you know four strains and figure it out you, you're going to find some winners with, with with those numbers uh and that room all it's going to do is pop seeds because we we want to be different we want to have you know pave our own way per se um start breeding projects and and see what comes out of it, you know. Uh, we want to be different. So here we do have the space, and we have the designated space, and I'll put somebody in that on that role that's going to be their baby to to make sure that everything goes well in there. But back then, there's no way. You, you, had, you had to produce. You know, it had to hit from day one. I mean, a big question would be why California? Why end up leaving paradise, my, South Florida, and making your way out to my uh, out into California, you know? Once again, uh, it wasn't by choice. Um, it wasn't by choice. Uh, there was, uh, there was, you know, like what's the perfect storm when, when a couple of things happen and they, they broke into one, uh, I was a high end builder. I got, you know, I, I was doing good building, built construction was booming. I was making money in construction. Surfing. I was surfing, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I surfed many places around the world. I was blessed that I could make money and never got in really in trouble. And then I could, I could go everywhere. But uh, I got a I got a divorce in I think it was 2006 or something 2006 2005 or something like that I forget what it was so I let her keep all the money and I kept all the houses because you know I was I was fucking high on the horse I was a, a builder I was gonna I was gonna become a you know Palm Beach County you know top high end builder and you know you can keep the money I'll keep all the fucking houses no problem I'm on my way I lived on the water you know as I was I was high shit and. Uh, the real estate boom crashed and I lost everything. You know, I was a millionaire and I lost fucking everything, everything. It was depressing. So uh, the house that I had on the water, the house that I had on the water in, in, in Palm Beach, Delray Beach, God, I love that place. Um, I had a $200,000 credit line in there, pulled it all out, went and bought a house, uh, bought a house, uh, put a friend in, in there to grow weed. And uh, after the first rip, the AC guy, that uh that did our ac for us didn't know he was gr growing he got raided and he ratted us out uh he ratted us out so i'm in the i'm in that house working in the it was a it was a beautiful house four car detached garage with rb base and uh <clears throat> my my uh my friend calls me and says hey come out front so i got out of the garage went to the front and he goes check it out and uh we're looking at the closed circuit television and there's a truck out there that looks kind of odd. And I said, go check the mail. So as he went in to go check the mail, went out the front door, I see two doors open, 
two doors open in the car and I see two dudes walking out of the truck and it didn't look good. And they reached in the back pocket. And as soon as they were going like this, you know, I thought it was going to be a gun. They were going to shoot them, but it wasn't a gun. It was their badge. And before that thing straightened out, I just fucking booked it. Booked it out, out, the, out the back. I ran, I, ran, I ran out, boom, jumped the fence. Uh, we had protocols. Uh, the house wasn't in my name. You know, the, my car never went there. Um, I jumped the fence. Fucking swam across the canal with the phone up here. I'm running through a nursery. People are freaking looking at me like they're working in the nursery. Like this dude's soaked. Helicopter would be uh, flying overhead. I'm thinking, fuck, the helicopter's got me. And I'm running. I'm calling my girlfriend, wife now, girlfriend at the time. It's fucking over. It's fucking over. They're on to us. Fucking, they got raided, da 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 all this and over. So I get to my truck. And I get to my truck. And we had a hide key. So she's flipping out. I get a hide key. And I thought the helicopter was for us. But later in the story, the, the helicopter was just a coincidence. But Talking to oh. my friend, they used the helicopter. They said, hey, tell them, you know, they were going to tell them not to back off the helicopter. There's nobody else. You know, they were, so they were trying to scare him too at the same time because we talked after. So I go to my house and I pull up to the house. And like I said, this is a house on, on the water, uh, intercoastal ocean axis. And, uh, and I get to the house and fucking I'm tripping, dude. Just got raided, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the feds, the DAs there. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I, you know, I had a box freezer. We all did, had box freezers. You know, we had a box freezer at home and box freezers in warehouses full of weed. So I had a box freezer at the house with a lock because I had kids, so I had to have a lock. And I did have some fishing stuff in there. That was the excuse to have the box freezer. <laughs> and I, I forget, like, you know, 80, 100 pounds of weed or something. And I'm thinking, you know, it's a dead end road in the intercourse. I'm thinking, what the fuck am I going to do with this? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? So I'm tripping. So I said, "Fuck! I'm gonna take it on the. I'm gonna lower the boat. I'm gonna take put the weed all in the in, in the in the boxes, in the fish boxes, and I'm gonna take it." I was luckily that I was I had another job on the intercoastal, two towns north in Boynton Beach. I was in Delray Beach, and actually one town north, Delray Beach, and then Boynton Beach. I, was, I had a house, and it was winter. So I'm inside the house with the remote for the lift, and I'm lowering the boat. Bam. And then as soon as the boat starts moving, you know it's on the water. So I cranked it back up a little bit, just stabilize it. I had everything ready by the back door. And I fucking grab all the weed, and I'm running to the, to the boat to put it in the fish boxes, middle of the day. I put it in the fish boxes closed. I, you know, I, I, I turned the boat on. I lowered, lowered the, 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 the lift. I back out, and I'm taking off, going down. I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're coming. They're coming. Where are they at? They're coming. So I get into intercoastal, and uh, it's, uh, it's a wake zone. So I take off, and then I go to the next bridge, and I'm flipping out. I'm, I'm going. I get to the construction house. I stick the shit in the, in the attic. Thank God it was winter. Thank God, because if not, it would have cooked. I just had, I had to get out of the house. It's Miami, my shit. So I jump back in the boat and I go back home. I'm thinking I'm going home and there's going to be just surrounded. You know, by that time, okay, you know, I got nothing. They didn't catch me there. They catch me here uh, with nothing. So I'm good. So I went back to the house. There was nothing there. So uh, the dude, uh, they, they denied his bond. They said he, they felt, they knew exactly who the fuck was there. Uh, so they said he's part of a bigger organization. So they didn't give him bond. So obviously you had to start hiring attorneys, uh, hiring federal attorneys. To, uh, to, to fight the case for the dude. Lost the 200 grand that I had, that had my last two or 300 grand that I had for, from uh, money from, from that uh, credit line on the house. Lost that, because they're gonna take the house. Because the house, the house was in that guy's name. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I bought the house and put it in the guy's name. So uh, broke, broke as a joke again. So uh, 
and nobody was going to touch you. But I had a couple of friends that wanted uh, grow houses built, so I built it for them and did a partnership where I, uh, that was another freaking story. Like I, I built grow houses, but uh, five in the morning, I used to get up in, in the morning and go to like a, a mall that had a parking garage. In case that would follow you, you know, you go to the parking garage and then they don't know if you went to that elevator, that elevator, that elevator. And then you walk through the inside outside mall and then you go to a certain corner. That's A, that's B. So you'd know. And then you leave all your phones there, take the batteries out back old school. And uh, and then you jump in his car and you disappear for a day or two to go build grow rooms and then come back. And then uh, you do it kind of, you know, you kind of give them SOPs back in the day. That's, you know, of what to do, what not to do. And, uh, so then that's how I, I survived for a little while. Wow, man. Mm. That's a rough. And uh, you start to be like, holy shit, this thing I love doing. Because you obviously love it. The money's one thing. Mm. But if the money wasn't there, a lot of us still end up, even in the rough years, through all the trials. You mm. know, that didn't scare you away, obviously. No, man. We're, I mean, you're <laughs> addicted to the fast life. But, you know, back to the thing, how I got to California is all this shit was happening. Well, the DEA was going to, uh, to the ex-wife's house questioning her. Uh, she, she stood up, they went to my kid's school. They made a false report with DCF and said, you know, uh, child endangerment. So they went to the kid's school. They gave the, the kids candy. I remember it was Halloween and I wanted, I wanted to go to the, to the, to the Delray Beach department and, and be pissed at these dudes. But, uh, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? So they questioned the kids, they gave them candy and I was mm -hmm. so fuming. Yeah. Uh, so I said, you know what? It's about that time that I go back. I mean, I get out of here. You know, I go to, I go to go somewhere else. I go to California. So that's the answer. I mean, that was a long answer, but uh, that's how I said, you know, it's time for me to go to California. I'd rather grow weed in California than grow down there because all my friends been raided. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends been raided. And uh, when they got raided, they would hand them the phone and say, hey, it's time to, for you to set this guy up. And uh, blessed that I've always treated people right. And they, uh, they, they didn't drop a dime on me. Nah, and it goes both ways, right? Like there was a code back then that's a little different these days, but... Uh, florida man it's like there was a a wave and you a lot of the old time growers it's funny you make me smile because i used to hear a lot of the same shit with like the mall thing i mean the guys i can't you know but there was a wave of talent that ended up leaving that i know a lot of people who know the industry know that some of the most talented guys i've ever met throughout the whole country throughout the world damn near uh, have grown up in the hardest conditions to come up growing mm -hmm. and then ended up leaving there like Florida now, like they're like, oh, the growers and this, the amount of talent that came out of Florida that's all over the country right now is just, it's impressive. It's so impressive. When we did the dinner for Emerald Cup, we randomly didn't even know. Pat God's into myself. Pat God's organized this absolute insane dinner. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll bake into that. And we just got to California and he organizes in a, a wine cellar uh, underground in Mendocino. You, you mind if I? Santa Rosa. Yeah. And uh, we invite all the top brands that we considered at the time, like just guys. Basically setting, Instagram accounts. Yeah. Instagram brands, accounts. You know? But yeah, brands. Yeah. The early brands. Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hired a chef to do a, what is it like a six or 12 course meal or some crazy or ordeal. We'll, we'll get to that in the story. Fucking. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's go time. You got the heat on you. Mm -hmm. What are it like, just to get back into it, like 
people are getting questioned and stuff. I mean, where did it go from there? Did you get out of there pretty quickly or was uh, there a lot, a lot of time that I passed by? A, I, you know what? I had a little bit of money left over from freaking uh, a couple of hits that I had. Plus, like I said, I, I built a couple of grow rooms for people that, uh, that want to still, they were good friends and they still wanted to grow even though I was going through all this shit. So I made some money and then I said it was time for me to come to California and, uh, there was a friend of mine that was doing fucking insane. He was a, he was a nurse and, and he opened up a uh, ALF assisted living facility. The oh. guy was rolling in dough. He was making a lot of money. God bless his soul. He happened to die in a helicopter crash. But um, he said, uh, you know, I went, I went to him and said, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I was straight open with him. I don't have any money. Uh, I had limited money. I had a little, little bit of money because a couple, couple of the hits were coming. But uh, I was underfunded. And I said, you know, I want to go do this. I want to buy a house in, uh, in, in California and grow weed in, 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 uh, in, in California. And he goes, okay, no problem. I'll, I'll help you out. So, um, uh, I borrowed $180,000 at a hundred percent interest <laughs> on a handshake, on a handshake. I mean, and you know what? I offered it because who else? I mean, I can't go to a bank and get money. I can't go. I mean, even 20% interest. It's like, it's just, he says, okay, no problem. He was rolling the dough. There was nothing to him. So I came to California. I got a six acre property in, um, in, uh, in uh, Butte County, Oroville. And, uh, I was underfunded. I, uh, I did the show. It was a, it was a modular home, six acre, six and a half acre property, modular home in, in a building, steel building. And I bought the house because the building, building was perfect. It was like 3000 square feet. So I did the show, the whole building, but I outfitted one room, uh, 16, um, standard lights, you know, um, HPS lights, uh, the mom room. And then, uh, this guy that was working with me that we drove cross country with the van and a couple of other guys helped me build this thing together. We would switch like every two weeks. You need to tell me where he parked the van at Sacramento airport. I land, I go to the end, I go back and I babysit, defoliate by yourself, both by yourself. <laughs> I mean, there was like, I'm not, I mean, I think I've been working 20 hour days for the last fucking 30 years. Uh, there's always something to do. And uh, we did that for a while. And uh, I had some issues when you come to get, you know, Florida's straight, pretty much the same weather. Here it gets cold in the winter and, you know, a little bit humid and it's super fucking hot and dry in the summer. And, uh, and I learned a, a lot of stuff here too, you know, to, to mitigate you know, the environment inside of the rooms. I thought I was going to be hot shit and fucking hit it. And I'm going to kill it. And I'm going to have a dispensary and I'm going to rule California and all that shit. And I was in that. No, I got, I got smacked my ass down. I got broad mites. Never even knew what the fuck broad mites was. I thought I had tobacco mosaic virus. I almost put a sign to sell the farm a couple of times. Uh, super underfunded. Uh, but I knew that I was kind of almost surviving. So I just had to build the other room because the other room would have been positive cash flow. So I went and borrowed, I think it was like $36,000 just to be able to put the equipment in because the shell was there. So I borrowed another $36,000 from a friend at, I think that was at 20% interest because it was going to be a short term. I built that room and then finally after like a year and a half, I wasn't able to pay this lady back any money because her husband died in a helicopter crash. She still gave me the money because my friend wasn't around. So, uh, it was like 18 months, almost two years before, you know, and then and it was starting to put up, you know, pressure. I could see that, you know, that there was a bind there between, but I, so I took another loan, um, took another loan and then pull my, things just started hitting on stride, hitting on stride. And I was able to, you know, pay her off, keep her on, um, keep her on for a while. 
And uh, the guy that was working with me for, uh, one time, I was owing 40 grand. He had to leave because his brother had brain cancer. I was able to pay him. I paid everybody all back. And then I was, I made the property super nice. And, you know, I did good for a while. I did, did good for a while, for sure. Until uh, 2017, that's when the shit hit the fan again. How different did you feel when you first landed in California, though, from Florida? Was it an immediate change or was it like, how did it feel? Well, I first went to LA because I had a friend, my friends here, Green worked, lived in LA and uh, I just couldn't deal. It was hectic. I'm saying it's hectic. I come from an area that's, you know, suburbia, Palm Beach, you know, uh, it's not Miami. Miami's hectic. Um, as I said, I never lived in Miami, uh, lived in Palm Beach and Palm Beach is nice suburbia. It's nice, you know, suburbs, you know, like to park in the garage. And so anyone went to LA and it was just hectic as, I mean, to go to Home Depot on the wrong time of the day is a three hour fucking tour. You ain't going to get shit done. Oh my God. I couldn't stand it. So it's like, you know, I, you know, plus it was expensive and I didn't want to, you know, I, I was anti-warehouse, you know, and we're not in, in Florida. We were not warehouse friendly. We're more like a house. We want buffer between fucking people here in California. It was like fucking warehouse city. Hell yeah. Let's rock and roll. I, I did not dig that at all. I just didn't see it. I didn't think it was smart, but it's what everybody else did here. Um, here, everybody was a, lot, a little bit more carefree because there's so many people growing. They couldn't catch everybody, and that's what everybody else did, but I just didn't want to be no part of that. So then I went to California, I mean, uh, San Francisco. San Francisco, same thing, hectic, uh, busy, congested, expensive as hell. Went north to Backerville, you know, going away from the Bay, Sausalito, all that shit's too, way too expensive. Remember, I was broke. And then, uh, so then that's, that's how I ended up in Orville, freaking, you know, it's a small piece of property in the middle of freaking nowhere. And, uh, and then once I lived there, it was, I didn't want to meet anybody cause I just wanted to stay to myself. But, uh, you meet the guys from the grocery store and then they invite you to the house and you go to the house and then, uh, you walk into the house and, uh, there's grandma and a friend and they're sitting at the dinner table, just fucking trimming weed, totes of weed. You look over there and then you see yellow light in the background. You go, oh, they're growing weed here. Kids doing fucking flips into the couch. It's like, oh my God. It's like, I want to, you know, PTSD. I want to get the fuck out of here. This is crazy to me. It would never happen in Florida. Grandma's trimming, kids jumping through, thing, totes of weed, door open, grow room. Fuck no, I want to leave. So it was definitely, uh, uh, shell shocked it was definitely weird because everybody here was so open about it you know since they've been growing weed openly since 1996 like you know uh, the the 215 and you know all those so it was def definitely it was definitely something to get used to yeah it could be as normal as peas or corn to some families literally like breaking down you know it's like yeah yeah just a, you know it's another crop <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it's, it's amazing it it's, it's real cool it was definitely crazy Mm -hmm. I mean, and then, so then where does it progress from there? Now that you're in, you're in that County, uh, how are you liking it? How are you moving around? How does what happened? Explain, you know, the whole 215 prop 64 thing or what, what happened leading up to what you, you know, what happened was, is, um, it was 2016 or something like that. And, uh, I was doing pretty good at that time. I was doing pretty good. Uh, I had, I had learned about broad mites. I had learned how to, you know, take care of a bunch of stuff. Never had pottery mildew in my life in Florida. Never, never even freaking thing. Um, one time I walked over here and I see pottery mildew and then like, it looked like drywall dust. So I learned up a lot of stuff and I said, you know what? Um, there were some guys that I knew out of Colorado that had a, a failing grow and I had just started doing some consulting and, uh, and I want, and I knew, I seen the writing on the wall, you know what I'm saying? I seen that, you know, 
uh, Colorado became legal and then other states were becoming legal. And I just knew at that point in time, uh, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I can tell that, you know what, eventually it's just, that's just the way that it's going to go. And you're either going to join, you know, you join it and you become part of that, or it's just going to eat your life. I was smart enough to realize that. Yo, what up? It's Blackleaf. I'm here at Grow Generation. And guess what? Drip Hydro storm in the market. All the best growers I know are switching to it. And guess what? There's a reason because it's preserving terps. I keep hearing that preserving terps. And that's why we're here with Sunshine, facility advisor, facility manager, overall the man with Drip Hydro. Listen to why it's different, man. What's going on, guys? Sunny here with Drip Hydro. Thing is, at the end of the day, we just wanted to make a simple, clean, cost effective nutrient line that nobody has really seen on the market right now. Nobody uses really our chelation formulas, uh, the micronutrients that we have pulled to make this line is really just what makes it overall bringing that consistency and quality back to what we want to see in growing herb again. And overall, at the end of the day, it's still really light on your wallet. It's a five part nutrient line. And again, if you're not staying sterile or you have a big facility and you don't want to run Rockwell and you want to run a mix of cocoa with an enzyme or something, you don't even have to run flow with it. So at the end of the day, it's just saving you money on your wallet while bringing the consistency and the quality of terps back. We wanted to bring the terps back and bring the soul back to growing. Versatility, cost effective, and quality. I mean, what else can you ask for? Drip Hydro, first smoke of the day, Blackleaf approved, peace. Damn, this place is huge. I gotta get what I need and get out of here, man. I'm in a rush. What? Whoa, Blackleaf? Oh, you already know. What are you doing here? I basically live here. Grow Generation, can filters, Power SI, Athena products, Lux Lighting. Man, I mean, I basically live here. Grow Generation store is the largest hydroponic store I've ever been to. It's crazy. The largest hydroponic retailer in the nation with over 60 locations. So you know they got one near you. It's growgeneration.com and at growgeneration on Instagram. Tell them first smoke of the day sent you. So um, I did some consulting. They, they made me an offer to become uh, uh, a member. You know, I was at, um, you know, a partner. I had to invest money into the deal. And, uh, and at that time, Colorado was changing the laws. You, had, you could be an out-of-state owner and stuff like that. So, to, so we started doing all the paperwork, you know, putting some money into that. And, uh, and I was going to uh, move to Colorado to, uh, I think it was Colorado Springs or something like that. Boulder, maybe Boulder, I think was what it was. But I was going to work in, in Denver. And in my plan, I was going to go in there. I was going to get kind of rid of everybody and then keep one guy that was working the books. And once again, I was going to fucking, you know, um, rule the world in Colorado. You know, that, was, that was my thought. Fuck, I'm going to come over here. I, I know everything. Well, the Lord didn't have, uh, didn't, didn't, didn't have those plans for me. Uh, what happens is I got raided. I got raided in 2017 um, in, in Orville, in, in Butte County, in Orville. I got raided. Uh, they came in. And fuck, that was, uh, I lost, I lost my ass on that one too. Uh, you know, I lost, all, I lost all my investment in Colorado, lost that. You have a felony in Colorado. You can't be an owner. You can't be that. So I lost all that money. I had, I had lost a ton of money on product, attorney fees for everybody. Um, because it was five, it was five Florida guys that got arrested. We all went to jail. They kept us in jail for 32 days, uh, two and a half million dollar bond. I remember me calling my wife and, and uh, she said, you want me to bond you out? I'm like, no, don't bond me out. 
Uh, why not? Well, because I got four other guys in here, and if I get bonded out, you know, there's going to be issues. You know, just let me in here. Uh, I know enough about the justice system that uh, the longer it goes, they, the bond drops, you know what I'm saying? And to the point that we can get everybody out. So uh, it was just the right thing to do. And uh, obviously, your mind's going a million miles a minute. You mm -hmm. lost everything. Uh, and um, my brother helped me out. He flew out here. He, uh, he interviewed attorneys for me. Uh, we interviewed attorneys through uh, through the phone, and um, we hired a pretty damn good attorney out of out of Yuba, Yuba City. Uh, name is Jesse Santana, best attorney I ever had. The guy was uh, super smart, trial trial lawyer. At times when I said, "Man, I'm going to jail," I'm going to jail. He told me, "Hey, hey, 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 calm down, <laughs> Alex, calm down. Just because you committed the crime doesn't mean you're guilty. This is the defense." Uh, we got raided there. Uh, it, we had we had about nine hundred plants, eight hundred and thirty plants, hundred and thirty-eight pounds of uh, processed marijuana. Uh, the killer here was he had sixteen pounds of uh, honey oil, butane oil, honey oil, um, prepared to be sold. And, and we had a lab. Uh, what people didn't know about this case is that the lab was a mobile lab. It was a on a on a on a custom car hauler. So if you ever see Breaking Bad, this is Breaking Dabs. <laughs> breaking <laughs> Dabs. And uh, obviously nobody ever put any pictures of this online because it was, uh, you know, the, the whole, you know, was, was no joke. But uh, to make the long story, let's say short, is uh, five guys got arrested. Five guys went to jail. Uh, five guys shut the fuck up, like, uh, like the attorneys say. And um, I got out, paid for um, everybody's attorney except one guy that, that uh, was, I guess you could say, a, a, a freelance partner. He had the money, he paid for an attorney. But all the attorneys followed the lead of my attorney. And um, and let me tell you, was, you know, this, this I, I fought this thing. Everybody thinks that I, you know, I went to jail and got out the next day and went about my business. And that's not, not what happened. And we went to jail, we sat in jail for 32 days. No bond, no bond on a weed thing, you know. Um, on a weed thing. Then they kept us in California for four months. We couldn't go anywhere for four months. So for, I used those four months to have those guys help me retrofit this. We actually did it like in two, two months or a month and a half, retrofit the space that I had of where we got raided into, uh, into a normal space to be able to sell the house because we sold the house right away. I had a loss. Got my ass kicked on that too. And then we were able to go to Florida. But for the next four years, you know, next four years, you know, you know I paid for, you know, um, uh, their attorney fees, you know, uh, uh, rental cars, places to stay, and an airfare to go back and forth and fight this case. So, you know, every two, three, four months, you're the one that has to, you know, schedule your flight, go freaking suit and tie, go in front of the judge and let your your attorney um, do 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 the talking for you. And at first, when I when I read the docket and stuff like that, I'm like, dude, I'm going to get this out of here because the, the, the warrant was bullshit. Nobody would argue about the, the warrant. And... Um, and then when I ran the discovery, it's like, this is a bullshit fucking uh, warrant. Uh, it's a long story to explain how, how this came about. But uh, anyway, my attorney was pretty sharp. And, he, and the defense was, um, they couldn't prove that it was manufactured in that county because it was in a car hauler. Uh, stuff that I'd never been able to speak about uh, of the case. By the time this podcast gets released, I'll be off probation anyway because I pay my debt to society. Um, we fought it for four years, spent a lot of money, and I took mine to trial. Three guys got, uh, the last three, one guy got let off at the beginning. Uh, they couldn't have nothing on him. 
three guys in, uh, in me took it three years. They dropped them. They kept me for another year. And uh, I took it to trial. I was taking it to the box. When I went to the door, you know, arranging, they gave me a deal that, uh, that I couldn't deny, you know. Um, they couldn't deny. They said, you know, they dropped all the charges of that, but I had to plead to maintaining a place to commit a felony, uh, which is a wobbler felony. That means after uh, a year's probation with no incidents, um, you get off and then you can go to a misdemeanor. I mean, got a parking ticket since freaking, you know, I got raided in 2017. So uh, to the fucking haters, fuck off, okay? There's your fucking what happened. Um, if you want my books, I got my books. Put up 10K. Uh, I ain't never ratted on nobody. Who was I going to rat in? On anyway, you know, I, mm -hmm. I was the fucking guy. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Uh, uh, the feds never picked up the case, even though they found jet smarter receipts and stuff like that, you know, but we're just flying, you know, we're just spending stupid money, you know, flying back and forth. But uh, that was, I mean, it is what it is, you know. That was the worst, best day of my life. And when I say in the worst, because it sucks to get raided uh, for four years, I was in agonizing grief, not knowing you know, if I'm going to see my wife, my kids, I was prepared to go to jail. Um, every consultation, for, I, I sized down houses, house drastically to a small thing, stopped spending, canceled everything. Uh, I would work 80, 90, 90 hours a week on, on, uh, on uh, some uh, consulting jobs in Oregon. And I was like a squirrel, just freaking, you know, putting money away. Because in my mind, I was going to jail. I was going to jail no matter what. There was, there was nothing that was going to save me. Uh, COVID helped this whole deal. I was able to 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 draw it out, and then uh, the, like I said, all the credit goes to my my team. Eighty um, percent of this this win was my team because five guys got arrested, five guys shut the fuck up, five guys fought fought it all the way through. Even this, the, the the trimmer, he he even held out. It was incredible that this is unheard of. And uh, and that was the last last of the Mohicans. And then uh, I I took the plea at the end. I mean. Oh, I could have taken it to trial, but you know, trial is, you know, you could win and lose, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't prove that it was manufactured in that County because it was right after chalice. They had all the pictures on my phone from, from chalice, all the oil, all the slabs, they, chalice back in the day, there's oil slabs everywhere. And I said, yeah, you're right. I manufactured it, but I didn't manufacture it here. I manufactured it down there. We were selling at chalice. Da -da -da. And so there was a defense, you know, and then all this defense was created by my attorney. He says, this is, this is, this is the way we're going to do it. They can't without a reasonable doubt. And he would let me take the plea. He wouldn't let me take the felony. He says, no, we're going to fight this. We're going to fight this. That guy, that guy's a good attorney. He's the one that out. Uh, when I was down, he's the one that cheered me up. That guy, I answered my phone calls all the time. He'd, if he couldn't answer my phone call right in there, he'd call me at six or seven o'clock at night that night. Jesse Santana in Yuba City hired that guy. Um, so anyway, when I said best, worst day of my life, it redirected me into another, into another way. You know, obviously I couldn't grow. I couldn't grow weed for, for four, five, six months. I was pretty depressed. Well, I, I was going to say, can, can you... Walk us through how that day starts and what that day looks like. Do you mind doing that? Which which day? That day, the day that they show up. The day they show up. Okay. Um, Just like what that's like. You start your day like anything else, and then it goes completely sideways. Alarm went off like at uh, seven forty-five that morning. One of my workers was down at the building already. Uh, it was a hill, you know, house building down here, you know, roughly six acres, but you know, probably four hundred feet between the two. And uh, one of the workers had gone there because, you know, we all got up at about seven o'clock. I got up a little bit later that day. And um, 
one of the one of the tr- I was just my alarm just got up. I was walking around the room and then I heard the trimmer. Uh, fr- friend of mine, my friend's kid goes, "Holy shit!" And the way that he said it, you know, there's something going on. You know, just by the way that it said, <laughs> that's like, there's yeah. fucking. Th- this is not a holy shit. This is a holy shit. So I ran over to the to the window and I just see fucking sheriff after sheriff and pickup trucks, boom, for fucking loading in, loading in, loading in, and I say, "Fuck, we're getting raided." So I look at these dudes that were just extracting. Thank God everything was fucking clean, actually clean. You know, they, they worked always at night because it was cooler. It was the middle of the summer. I look at that guy, hey. Such and such, we're getting raided. And he's got an air mattress in the couch, like like this. He goes, he looks at it, he goes, What the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> goes back to Steve. And we laugh about it to this to this day. We laugh about it because uh oh. he goes back and then uh so then I'm fuck I'm not, and I grab I go into my room, I grab my shoes, and I'm going out the fucking the back window and I'm thinking, fuck, dude, you know what? There's four dudes here. And uh, you got to leave by example, motherfucker. You got to come back and take this on the chin because if you leave, you know, this, you know, they, they got all my information in here. So I just went out the front door with my fucking hands up. It says, I just want to put my, oh, so it was give us some time because my worker was down there. So he, by accident, he opened up the gate because the dogs were, were rolling around on the ground. They had gotten maced. So as he was going to go down there and see what happened, why the dogs rolling around in, 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 the, in, the, in the grass, he went by the sensor. The sensor opened up the gate. So that's when the floods came in. They were coming in and they, they, were, they were taking care of him. Once they secured the downstairs, they started coming up the driveway with their shields and their AK-47s, you know, like this. And then, and then I said, oh, fuck, dude, this, is, this is awkward. That's fuck. I can't. It's like, fuck, I can't. Is this really fucking happening, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. So I said, you know what? Let me take the lead. I went outside. Just, you know, I just want to put my shoes on. I don't want to go to jail with no fucking shoes on. That's gross. So, so I just opened my shoes on. I sat on the, on the stairs. I put my shoes on and the dude came up, tackled me and and, and I started saying, I'm going to fucking shoot you, motherfucker. You know, all this kind of shit. And I'm like, dude, I just want to put my shoes on. Yo, I'm here at Grow Generation. And what do they have? One of our sponsors, Lux Lighting. The highest quality components designed in Los Angeles and distributed globally. Go to luxlighting.com to find out more and find out what all the big grows and all the pros are using to grow. Hey, so we want to give a major shout out to a premier sponsor of the show, CanFan. We've been rocking with CanFan since the beginning of this thing. I remember when Black Leaf came to me and said, hey, when you're smoking inside, you should really hook up a CanFan. CanFan with a CanFan fan and then a controller to control that fan. So when you're smoking, light up, boom, cut the fan on. You don't piss your neighbors off, keep everything kosher. And I know that Blackleaf only found that out because of one reason. I mean, essential in smoke rooms, essential in grow rooms, same thing, we're killing smell. Can filters, can fans. The product line is essential in any grow room. We've been rocking it for a decade plus. First smoke of the day, can filters, family. So uh, I was the first person that interrogated in, uh and I just made sure that uh, that I said the the, the, the proper things. You know, I, I know they're doing their job. You know, policemen are doing their job. And, uh, uh, you know, so no no ill towards the fucking guys. So I just said, you know, with all the respect, I don't want to answer anything. I just want to invoke the right to an attorney. And um, 
and then you know they ask you some questions stuff like that and then uh they go off the record they turn off their you know you have to answer your name your your social security number or whatever your your, your address they have your driver's license there anyway so all they're just confirming who the hell you are and uh and i just led by example and i was just hoping that my team would do the same let me tell you once to this day, I talk to every fucking person. We all talk, we're all friends. I've actually built gross for those guys after that. <laughs> and actually one of them still works for me here. Uh, you know, um, the guy that was helping with AC, he's still young. He's the one that you know wrote it for three years with me. Um, so we're all still friends. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough fucking patch. Um, shit, so we, yeah, we all went to jail. You know, they kept us together and 30, 32 days, 28, 32 days, 28 after 28 days, me and another guy got out. I got out, I got money, and I bonded the other two guys out that, that were left. One of them was out on his own rock, recognizance. So. Man. And then a hellish path after because it doesn't just end there. No. And then where does it go with, you know, I don't know how much you want to get into that with, but like, where does it go from there with establishing this relationship with Trollmaster and starting to come back from that? Because that is such a big, <sighs> deep hole to, to, you know, come from. Um, from. you know what I, I thought at that point I thought my life was over mm -hmm. um, it's like fuck dude six months and six months legalization in California is gonna start and I just got raided and if you get raided you know it takes fucking three four five years to recoup from from any raid you know um, the, you know you're stuck in the legal system probation and you got the plague at first which is just part of the business part of the business everybody's gonna be on the defense you know let's, let's just see what's gonna happen with this dude how's he gonna act How's he gonna act? And um, obviously, and against my, when, when we got arrested, I, I told my kid to shut off Instagram. And then after I got out, I was depressed for like, you know, three, four months. I mean, uh, you know, trying to get everything put together, you know, close everything down. I said, you know what? My wife's like, I've never seen you like this. You know, usually you can handle anything. What, what, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? You gotta snap out of it. So I said, you know, I'm gonna start doing a consulting job. My first consulting job was in Oregon. And I give the guy a deal. I think it was five thousand dollars, and I paid for the fucking travel. And I was at that time I was charging eight thousand a day plus travel. And I went to Oregon to this to this kid, and this kid was the only person that's ever hired me that um wasn't broke. Everybody usually they hired me, they were they were going broke. They need to figure <laughs> it out. This just this kid was fucking doing phenomenal, but he was growing in fucking like big old cocoa co cocoa uh, cloth pots on on a on a crate on a on a pallet with wheels and these makeshift you know um um uh what do you want to call it uh oh jesus behind the behind the behind the house sheds behind the mm -hmm. house you know homemade sheds sheds so i'm doing this 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 consultation is you own three houses i go to the first house there's panda film everywhere oregon look behind the panda it's just like black mold i'm like oh my god Oh my God, I just want to get out of here. But you know, every place that I went to from there, like right next door, it got better and better and better. And then he had a, finally, it was a nice building. So, uh, you know, I did a consultation and, uh, and then uh, I left, I went back to Florida. He, imp he, he implemented some of the things that I, that I told him. He went on vacation for like a week, two weeks, came back and uh, left everything written down for somebody. And then the plants, the plants, you know, uh, responded well. So then I remember during a conversation, he said that he was going to get his friend to, uh, to, to he offered his friend to, uh, some money to, to, to work the place. So, you know what? I have no job. I got no grow. I can't do anything. I'm an idol. I'm, and I'm being watched. I said, you know what? Uh, by that time I could leave California. I said, you know what? Let me, uh, 
I offered him for, you know, hey, do you want, can, can I come work for you? Kind of what you were going to do for your friend. He goes, I'll tell you what. If you come up here and you retrofit my rooms, kind of how you do them, and put me on Rockwell, I'll split the rooms with you. I go, I'll be there in 10 days. You know, I'll be there in 10 days. One, one request, can I bring somebody? Uh, because I didn't know their work ethic. So we went there, and then I was there because I go, at least I'm going to jail in six months. <laughs> and uh, I told him the story. So we went there and uh, we retrofitted all his rooms, you know, also did the mom room, did, did, uh, did the dry room. It's that right, dry, first dry room that I ever did with the sliding racks. And uh, I did a lot more than just do flower rooms. So he ended up splitting the rooms with me twice. I made a quarter million dollars in five months. I'm like, okay, you know, this, this, this might fucking work. This might work. While I was there doing these rooms, he goes, hey, man, you ever... Um, you ever fuck with these Gavita controllers for lights? No, I just put everything in an automatic, whatever controls. He goes, okay, well, I got these controllers that we're going to use. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's showing me a picture of a Trollmaster, you know, Hydro-X Trollmaster. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. So then uh, he met these Asian dudes at a uh, hydroponic store in Oregon, which happened to be the owner of Trollmaster. He was doing West Coast freaking door-to-door -door sales, you know, flyers. And I see these two Asian dudes coming in and they, uh, the, my first room inside his, his nicest uh, shed that was 100 foot long concrete floors. That was a, it was a pole barn. They hook up the controllers. I'm working on the next room. When they're done, I go back to the room and I see fucking wires everywhere like this with the little splitters and shit. And I'm going, oh my God. I'm stressing out because I'm trying to think, oh, fuck it, I'm trying to revamp my... My, my career, which is there's no career. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a, an installer now in a way. I'm thinking, man, I just, you know, I was here, now I'm here, and this is what I'm going to have to do, and traveling and miss my family and stuff like this is what's, what's going to come to. Is, so the owner goes, come on, man, just, you can do it. Just, just, just clean it up, and you know how you do your thing. So I cleaned up this whole thing, and I didn't want to like the controller. I didn't want to like the controller. I hated a controller that could do everything because if it breaks, then you're fucked. You know, nothing works. So I told my guys, just go ahead and do with that controller. And then I was waiting for the controller to, to fail. And it never failed. During that time that I was there, the Asian dude would show up unannounced, whether it's Tuesday, Friday, or Sunday. And I would be there. I'd be there working. He showed up two Sundays unannounced, like 6, 7 o'clock at night. He goes, you working? I go, yeah, I'm here to work. You know, I'm, not, you know, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to work. I'm not, I don't have no family here. He goes, man, you're the hardest White guy, I know that works. You work harder than me. I go, that's because I'm not white. <laughs> I'm Colombian. Uh, so we laughed about it. He goes, yeah, we, we laughed about it. He goes, he goes, he goes, one day we're gonna do business. So so anyway, to go back after we cleaned up all these wires, you know, the the, the Asian guy comes back and he looks inside the room, he goes, Did you do this? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm trying to fucking, you know, I got in trouble. I told them everything that happened because I never hold back from anybody. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of, of, of what's happened to me. Um, uh, I told them what happened. I go, I'm trying to, you know, re, 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 revive myself, reinvent myself as, you know, as a, as a consultant and a facility builder or a room builder, whatever you want to call it. And I can't have wires all over the place. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be nice and neat and, you know, extend the cables and get rid of the fucking little things and that, whatever he goes, because you and I are going to do, uh, you're not going to do business together one day. So the owner of the place goes, Hey man, you got uh, any social media? He goes, yeah, I got YouTube and Facebook. And he goes, no, talk to this guy. That's back when, you know, we started Facebook, uh, Instagram and 
you know, back when you could hashtag anything and it would, you know, mm-hmm. you know, as, as marijuana, weed, hydroponic, and then any, anything that you liked, it would be going in the Explorer. So the dude goes to LA because he was in, 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 uh, in the West Coast, goes to LA, does a little research on Instagram, by Instagram, and opens up a page, you know, Tromaster Agro. And starts uh, doing what I told him to do. So obviously he would fly back to Oregon and video my build with the controllers. And uh, we had started talking about negotiations of a, of a contract, you know, or maybe open up a store, stuff like that. So I would video the build and go around the controllers. And he would video the room and go focus on the controllers. And they were doing the hashtag. So then I see, I keep watching his account. And then I see the people that follow me are not following him because it was up on their Explorer. And they go, so, hey, that's the room that Mango built because, you know, they would see my page, they would see his page. And this dude was getting steam. And I'm thinking, man, I better sign that contract because um, if not, he's not going to need me in a way, I'm thinking. So um, so we signed a contract for, uh, for, uh, for, for the Mango Tech Store, you know. He handled everything uh, in a way. And I was just the fucking dude out there with the pom-poms. And uh, I think we started like, it was, it was a monthly thing. It was like the last four days of a month and I made like 200 bucks. I remember calling him, Green. Hey man, I made 200 bucks the last four days. Bro. I, was, I was happy, you know, like 200 bucks. The next month, I think I might've made 1200 bucks. And then when I got really excited is when the fucking mortgage got paid. I mean, the, the, the rent got paid because I sold everything when I got rated. And I said, uh, I called Seal Green. I go, bro, I just paid my rent from this fucking online store. Dude. I just paid my rent. I can go to jail now. I'm good. I'm good because the deal with uh, with Trollmaster was he wanted me to do the retail things for all the hydro stores around the country and go to shows. I go, bro, I can't do that. I'm going to jail in fucking six months. There's no way that I can start that and then say here, but I'm going to ask a favor. I'll do this online shit with you. No problem. I'll freaking, I'll be the biggest cheerleader of this shit because I'm liking the controllers. But you have to do me a favor. If I go to jail, you need to keep this thing going and send the, the wife to check. You know what I'm saying? Because I had sold everything, I had minimized, you know, I had put every 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 little money to the side because I was thinking I'm going in for two or three years and I was preparing myself to go down in for two, three years. Um, you know, the sentence was three to seven years, but first time offender, no guns, no violence. I just couldn't see a judge sending me, you know, to jail more than three years. I just couldn't see it, you know. Anything could happen, you know, roll the dice, but I said, you know what, as long as I can survive for two or three years, you know, the, the, the wife, she's, you know, she's a, she's a cardiac nurse. So she could, you know, handle herself, but uh, I didn't want the kids or, or, you know, the family to, to, to go without. So I was trying to do the boast. So anyway, you know, I want, you know, this thing's, this fucking store is just kicking ass. Uh, and it was just every month, which just got better and better and better. I, I think my, my record month was 1.8 million in sales, you know, in one fucking month, you know, amazing man. Fucking kicking ass. I mean, I love hearing myself. that. Holy shit, I'm thinking. And then, of course, me and Sia Green Lounge laugh years ago. I remember when you made, we were making 200 bucks. I remember when you, you know, you remember the progression. And, uh, and I was just giddy. I was like, so when I say the best, worst day of my life when I got raided, it's the worst because it was, it was devastating. You don't know your future. And that's the worst thing that it's not knowing what's going to come. But uh, it, God or whoever upper, you know, powers re- redirected my life into another way. And uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, it ain't going to happen by sitting on the couch. You got to, you got to, you got to figure out and fight. You got to crawl, crawl yourself out of this hole. And uh, I'm thankful that I got fucking raided now. If I to tell you, what, what I, if I go back in time and say, hey, pick raid or no raid, come on in, motherfuckers. Bring that AK-47, tackle me. I'll do it again. You know, because it redirected my life into, uh, I, I think I'm going to, you know, if I think now, would I be better off now or in Colorado? 
I think I'm better off where I'm at now in a way. Uh, so so it best, best worst day of my life. It redirected my efforts to somewhere else. Uh, and, and I like what I do here. I mean, I like, I like Trollmaster. I like Jason. Jason's, uh, Jason's, uh, has been very good to me, everything. And I think it's a symbiotic. I think I've been good to them too. Uh, a lot of the stuff was on a handshake at first in a way. And, uh, I think we work together pretty well. So really well. I mean, it is exceptionally well to, to be able to like Pat God says, close one door before another door can open. You might not have had that opportunity or realistically you wouldn't have because you might not have put yourself in a position to even meet those guys because you were already making money. So why do this and that? And and then it becomes, well, 200 bucks, fuck it, I'll do it for that. And then it becomes, holy shit, we just pulled in $100,000 this month worth of profit or, you know, Mm -hmm. and and now it's a facility built to spec, basically a dream facility. I would say, so like I said, uh, if you would have told me in, in four years ago that I'd be right here at this point in time, I would have bet everything that I had, it didn't have really, that there's no fucking way. So it just tells you anybody, anything can happen. You just gotta, you know, you gotta visualize it, the law of attraction. Uh, I'm an overachiever. I ain't scared of working. I might not be the smartest stool in the shed, but you ain't gonna, you know, you're not gonna overwork me. You know, you're not going to overwork me for sure. That's a trippy thought, right? The day you're getting raided, if someone was to pull this side, pull you aside and say, hey, uh, in six, in four to five years from now, you're going to have your dream facility you always dreamt of. And it's a day, you know what I'm saying? Like on that day when you, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, no, I've been working towards that. And they're like, no, 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 it's going to happen now. But it took this to get to that, or it took this change or this focus. And I mean, exceptional, man. So how does it, how does it go from, I like what you're doing. Thank you for doing sales for me. <laughs> you know, basically mm-hmm. being a cheerleader too. Things start to work out with your case. You end up not having to go to jail. Thank God. Because I mean, for, for cannabis, for your family, for everything. How does it go into, hey, man, we should build a facility together? Well, like I said, from day one, I never, I never lied to anybody about my case. Mm-hmm. You know, even though my mom tells me, what do you tell people? My mom's going to watch this podcast and say, son, why you tell everybody? Because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's part of me. It's what happened. If you don't like it, go fuck off. The people that say I've been snitch, you can, you're number 11. Oh. I got my paperwork. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, guys that, uh, that, that know me and been with me and they know my story. They know what, what, what the truth is. So, uh, I sleep well at night, sleep number bed, a 10 K mattress, $12,000 frame and number 85. <laughs> I sleep well at night. Fuck off. It, every case has so many different pieces, like a puzzle. And without all these different pieces happening, like without coronavirus, without, you know, four to five years going by, without no one talking, without you having the right attorney, without you having the right attorney who's also in the same place where the, the issue happened, you know, all these things come together and allow you to, you know, because some people look at it from the outside and they take little little things. They, they basically pick and choose facts. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, with all this happening, uh, I assume this person would do this. Yeah, but that's not the case. There's so many other factors that happen in four or five years. I've been around other growers where the same thing. You're like, oh, this guy had to have ratted. And then you realize when you talk to him 10 years later, what really transpired mm-hmm. where he's like, no, I changed my life. I ended up becoming a contractor. I, I went to school in five years mm-hmm. and I was able to show them that I'm a different person than I was before or that I have. There's so many factors that people don't they don't grasp for looking from the outside. Mm-hmm. in. anyone that's been your friend for a long time, you've always been an open book. 
Yep. I mean, we've sat in parking lots and talked for five, six hours before, just like we yep. are now. And, I, and like I said, people that know me that uh, that I interacted with, people that that were in Oroville that knew me after four or five years, we, I met some growers. They never went to my my place, mm-hmm. but you know, they knew people that knew me and whatever, and they they know what what the true stories were because uh, some of those guys actually went to court, stuff like that. They were there, they were present. You know, they let us stay at their houses when we came back sometimes for, for court dates. So they were well informed. Uh, so the, the, everything's on up and up, nothing's hidden. You know, uh, I, you know, we took them the chin. Once again, the fucking credit goes to the team. <laughs> I just can't, you know, sometimes I got to pinch myself that fucking five dudes got, rated we're looking at three to seven because that's what bho butane honey oil extraction uh calls out in jail not even fucking prison which is even rougher and they all did what they were supposed to do which is fucking unheard of we all shut the fuck up and stuck it in uh through technicalities that they couldn't you know bless that it was a a, a, a car hauler custom car hauler if it wouldn't have been a car hauler it might have been a different thing uh you know uh but when it was a car hauler, everything was clean and all the product was inside the trailer. They couldn't say that it was done there because nobody, you know, told them that it was fucking done there. So, you know what? It, 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 do I say 50-50 going, taking it to trial? It's hard to say because it depends. You know, you don't know what, you know, 12 jurors are going to, to, to side. I mean, there might be jurors. You know what? If they interpreted the law, I'd be out. But, but let's be real. People are human. And I could have some fucking farmer in Oroville that was in the, in, the, on the, in the jury and says, you know what? Fuck that Florida kid. Coming to my county, he thinks he's going to fucking grow weed and fucking, you know, have a bomb, BHO. I don't give a fuck. He's guilty. You know what I'm saying? So you don't know the mentality of the fucking 12 people that are going to define your future. Um, if they wouldn't have given me the plea, the, the, the offer, I would have taken it to trial and then, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, at uh, trial pre-sentencing uh, or pre-trial, uh, I think they gave, they gave me that offer, you know, uh, you know, drop everything else, but you're going to have to plea out to a wobbler felony of uh, maintaining a place to commit a felony. You know what? Sign me up. Um, that day I happened to have the owner of Trollmaster with me. He went to court with me and he sat in there and fucking heard everything. And, and I wanted him to be there so he could feel comfortable uh, all the shit with this facility, you know, because, you know, here I am, some, hey, let's do a facility, let's do a facility, which is going back to the question mm-hmm. that you had, how did it come to this? Um, people on Instagram were telling me, you know, I started selling the equipment and they would say, hey, can we go to a facility and 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 you can show us your your, your equipment? And, you know, I'm, I'm going through a case, I don't have a grow and, I'm, and I, I don't have a trap grow or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I can't tell my friends that have traps to let me, you know, let, me walk clients through through their facility and to these people that are that have rec facilities like i'm going to inconvenience you there's no there's no skin in the game for you to let me walk people through your facility there's rest and, and appointments it's like so I, I kept telling jason you know what i think we need to get a facility and obviously he was hesitant at the beginning because obviously they get the case but then you know you know coming to california in that time going to court then going to other attorneys so even if that guy got got guilty, they're not going to send them, you know, to, to jail forever. I mean, minor thing, um, which is what we thought. So then he says, you know what? He, uh, he asked a couple of people for, for, to, to, to see if they wanted to go in with it. And they all told him, you're crazy. 
fuck no, we ain't doing it. Uh, you're on your own. You're out of your mind. And he believed in me. The dude fucking believed in me. And uh, he, he took a risk in me. And uh, and I'm very appreciative of that. And uh, like I said, symbiotic. I think I helped him. He helped me. And I, I don't have a fucking problem working here 89 hours a week to, to make sure that this place um, flourishes and, and does what it's supposed to do. That's so you. Like <laughs> when you walk through, it's so Miami Mango, which we we love, man. And cannabis, we always talk about that. Is like just let it be you, man. You know, and it sings you. I can't wait to see this place full with plants. It's gonna be insane. Multiple levels. Some rooms have multiple levels. Some are one level. But to see all this filled with plants is gonna be just a whole other sight, man. It's it's insane. Well. That's another stress of its own too, because yep. I, I haven't been hands-on. I mean, I've done consulting. I've been doing this. It's like riding a bike. Uh, but if, if I told you that, that, you know, I didn't have a level of, of worriness or, uh, or, or stress that uh, what's going to happen, I'd be lying to you. But uh, I, I, I think stress and, and I may call it maybe fear uh, is one thing, but fear, some level of fear is good because mm -hmm. it, it keeps you on your toes, keeps you awake, keeps you, keeps you working harder to make sure that, uh, that, you know, that, that, that you don't fail. You know, the, the, the fear of failure is what keeps you fucking striving. I don't want to fail. I don't want to look like a fool. I'm sure there's a bunch of people on fucking uh, Instagram in the world that says, you know, I can't wait for that fucker to fail. As many people as you might want to see you win, there is those bastards that want to see you lose and you get stuck on those bastards that want to see you lose because you want to prove them wrong. Uh, so that makes you work harder. Uh, there's a lot of new technology here. It's a new facility. New rooms, new equipment, new technology, new new trend line. There's new pretty much fucking everything. Just the only thing that's the same is me, this old bastard. <laughs> that's all right. That's the biggest recipe change that, right there. That's the only thing that's good. So uh, uh, I'd be lying if I said that I was uh, I wasn't nervous. But you know what? Uh, I was nervous when I started building this fucking thing. There's times that I mean, like I've been here till eight, nine. 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, working by myself. I have no family. I had no family. My family just moved here. I had no family here. Working by myself. I'm tired as fuck. And I got to get up and, you know, get home and then do emails. I do my, you know what? Teams build these places. Teams build these places. And I'm going to put toot my own horn on this one. Uh, and, and I love my partner, but he's, he's not here. He's doing his own thing. He's doing what, what his partnership is, you know, which is, uh, uh, you know, you know, run Trollmaster. And my job is to do this, to run this place. But teams put this thing together. I built this fucking place with no secretary. No secretary. I, I, I drew this plans. I, uh, I, I was, you know, pretty much the contractor, the project manager. I was the fucking janitor. I was the, the, the gopher. You know, I'd sweep them up the floors, you know, and I was the secretary. And that's the fucking job that really sucks to me, dude, because I'm not, you know, I'm not the fastest typer. I hate emails. I can't do emails during the day because I'm, I'm here project managing and I have Instagram that gets in the fucking way. I got three accounts that, that I manage and post and, and, uh, and, 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 and talk shit to people that talk shit. And, and that, that takes precedent over fucking everything. So I try not to do emails during the day. So then I, you know, you get out of here sometimes, you know, re under regular six or seven o'clock. You, uh, you're dirty, you go to Ruth Chris or whatever restaurant you eat. You go home, you take a shower. It's nine o'clock before you fucking open your first email page. And I have a couple of different accounts. You know, the stores account, which is fucking tons of emails, a lot of bullshit that you go through. But And then, you know, the, the, the facility account and then the CDFA account. And you got to start going through them every night. It's, you know, secretaries work all day. You got to try to fit that in through a three, four hour period and then replying to people that that takes the longest. And uh, 
And Instagram gets in the way at that time too, because you were in your own, you're at home and you, you sit down and you open up Instagram and you start replying. And before you know, I was like, fuck, did I only did two, two, two emails. You got to put the thing down and you go back to emails. Uh, so yeah, I hate, I hate emails. But anyway, I built this facility with, with kind of like no, with no clerical help. And then uh, I said, I wasn't going to hire anybody that had six figure salaries to help me. Uh, I, I did it all by myself uh, here and, and I'm not complaining. I fucking do it again. You know, uh, sign me the fuck up. I'm ready to do it again. I can't wait till the next chapter. We're, we're almost there. As you can see, drippers are here, place is clean, pressure washes outside. Um, just waiting on the BOP, you know, waiting on the BOP and have these guys, I mean, clean up here a little bit and some minor things, but, you know, as soon as the BOP is go time. You were super generous to give tours of this. The amount of game that people can learn from this facility when they come through here. The amount of game you can learn from just walking through here and being like, all right, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, generous as hell, bro. Generous as hell for letting us come through. Generous as hell for letting us do the behind the scenes of this podcast. Because we just spent the last four hours three hours walking through this facility showing every aspect of different parts and how it works and why it works and what's about to happen here um that that's you know open door policy really cool man well, honestly the facility was built for for that reason uh you know, we're, we're gonna grow cannabis here um you know miami mango cannabis miami mango concentrates because we got a lab next door bho and water hash uh troll master think grow mango tech store and mango tech clothing so we got six companies that are represented in this facility and you know six companies and they're all going to have their own part here uh this facility was built uh for showing people that want to uh spend north of uh you know 75 racks 100 racks on our store if you can show me that you have blueprint of a, a facility that you're going to build or a preliminary plan or if you want to retrofit your your current grow you got to show me a, uh, a a cultivation permit give me your driver's license articles incorporation so i know that's you this is who you are that's your picture articles incorporation your name's here and that's your cultivation license that's in the articles incorporation come on in so you get a tour tours take like i said two to three hours records been like four and a half hours and i do tours on tuesdays and thursdays anybody building a facility if you want to come through hit 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 my dm i'll give you an email uh you're more than welcome to come tour check out we got we got the best racking companies in in uh in, in the world in here uh we got some of the best lights some of the best controllers uh you know and a bunch of other tech for those guys that aren't looking to spend that much money and want to do a tour because i get those all the time and i feel bad for those guys because they really want to learn they want to come but unfortunately it's only me i can't take three hours you've seen what we went through today it's so much energy and it's just a lot and it takes mm -hmm. me three hours out of my day that i don't answer the phone you know and if i do two tours during that day six seven hours that i'm not on my phone i hate to say i need my phone i need, to, I need my phone time uh there's people that you know they need support or whatever but anyway for those guys that can't uh don't have the the resources the resources to come here mm -hmm. uh 1.6 miles from here across the street of the home depot on district six of sacramento we got a uh, 12,000 square foot brick and mortar mango tech store that's coming. Half of it's gonna be storage of lights. The other half is gonna be split into two thirds and a third. A third is gonna be a commercial lighting sales um, offices to be able to do light maps, do daisy chain corner light maps, 
for MSOs and any, anybody that's going to want to set daisy chains because uh, there's big facilities with three, 4,000 lights. You got, you got to be able to give these guys a plan with a CAD of where to drop the electric. Uh, so we're going to have that in this area. Same thing with uh, flow, uh, airflow designs for, uh, you know, new fan line coming, new tents coming. <laughs> a lot of new shit coming. Uh, wait and see. So that's going to be there. And then the other two-thirds of that store is going to be first of its kind, first ever Mango Tech store uh, sales uh, sales center where you go in. Uh, it's not going to be like your regular hydro store where it has everything in there. It's going to be just stuff that we have to sell in our store. Uh, but it's going to be more uh, like, I guess, call it uh, high-end Gucci where we feature the products. Um, and we're going to actually have a 10 light grow room with grow light, grow glide racks with the lifters, all the controls on the wall. And anybody who's anybody can come there and play with the controllers. You know, you can, you know, raise them, lower them. You can play with the lights, you know, uh, you know, spectral tuning, tuning, uh, move the racks. You know, we're going to have, you know, irrigation, Aqua X Pro, Carbon X Pro, uh, and everything, uh, everything else that we've been developing and we're going to develop. We're gonna put it into that uh into that into that showroom. It's gonna be pretty pretty Gucci. Uh lots of apparel is gonna be there. We're gonna have a you know area for apparel, um Troll Master apparel, Think Grow apparel, and Mango Tech clothing apparel is gonna be there. Uh and a bunch of other stuff that you know, knickknacks, uh paraphernalia that's gonna be branded that uh we're working on. Um, uh, like I said, new tent lines coming. The tents are gonna be pretty, pretty dope breeders. You're going to like these tents. Trust me when I tell you, you're going to like these tents. Um, fans, new fan, fan line is going to be insane. Um, those are coming, so be ready for that. One one partnership that seemed to work out pretty well for you that you haven't mentioned is um, Trulief. Oh, yeah. Talk about talk that about a little that. bit. Yes, sir. Good thing that you bring that. You know, um, that was that's another blessing. You know, uh, that's another blessing. Um, <laughs> whether you like them or not, you know, uh, they've been, they've been really good to me. You know, Kim Rivers, uh, been really good to me. I got introduced to her through, uh, Chris from Sunshine Cannabis. Um, I somehow got nominated for cultivator, uh, of the year back in 2019, I think it was 19. I got nominated. I somehow won. I met down there. I met her, uh, Rahan Marley and, uh, Ricky Williams. And, um, and we, we started, you know, talking then, back then, I think Chris from Sunshine Cannabis might have put a bug in her ear. Um, she's a smart lady. Um, smart lady. She she uh, she knew what she's doing. They you know made me a good offer, and I went from um, from zero dispensaries up to 112 dispensaries. Oh no, to 40 dispensaries on the on the release, and then 112 dispensaries. So anybody that's in Florida, if you want to buy my product, go to any True Leaf store. I think they're up to 100. 19 stores you can go in, in there and you can buy any concentrates from miami mango um sugar live resin butter carts pre-rolls um and uh and hopefully i can keep providing um some genetics for them you know mm -hmm. and um and we can further that um further that relationship you know and uh it's pretty cool that you know miami mango is being sold legally in florida uh definitely didn't you know, like I said, you, you told me four years ago that this shit was going to happen. I tell you, hell no. Uh, there's, there's no fucking way. Uh, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't write the script. It just, it just happened. Um, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, hopefully soon I'll be, uh, I'll be a mini MSO. As soon as this BOP releases here, 
a multi-state. So I can say that I'm, 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 I'm MSO. That's massive, man. And massive shout out to Kim Rivers uh, for knowing cultivators and knowing the market and knowing and actually like you know giving an opportunity and giving you a fair contract we talked about it behind the scenes i mean not trying to stick it to you like fair deal man no matter how you slice it like massive shout out to her yep you know what like i said lady smart um lady smart people were telling me at the beginning don't go with them they ain't gonna pay you they ain't gonna do this they ain't gonna do that you know what they're not at the meetings they're not they're not seeing the chemistry uh these people i mean a lot of people hate um the um and some, some of them with good reason, you know, but you know what? I met the lady. I met the lady in Vegas. We had, you know, a couple of cocktails in, uh, during MJ Biss, you know, uh, talked to her face to face. She's a human being just like I am. You know, I ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. It is what it is. You know, business is business, you know. Um, I don't have a problem with that. You know, uh, we talked, we discussed some deals. You know, attorneys did some of the, some of the talking for, for, for months. You know, it didn't happen overnight. You know, I think it was six, six, seven, eight months that, you know, between attorneys and, um, everything worked out. I mean, I think, I think Florida people are happy with the product. You know, um, I wish I could post a lot more about it on Instagram, but, uh, Instagram just deleted me again yesterday. Golly. Uh, I think it's number 25 deletion, number 25. And I'm, I'm working on getting that account back again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, we, uh, as cannabis guys, we get, uh, we get, we get, we can't post anything because we get deleted, but, uh, um, uh, a lot of people seem to be happy with the product, seem to be doing a good job with the extraction and um, happy with that. Yeah. I mean, come on now. How do you not want to see a guy that is from the home state come back and win with a strain that the home states always love? You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then to, to hate on people, it's like, you know, they're doing the right thing by bringing you back. They could have made it. You want to talk about what a real MSO that doesn't work with the culture would have done? They would have headhunted the strain for a high ticket, 10000 15000 put it in play, rebranded it, and not paid you. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So, like, let, let's real talk this. Like, that was a dope move on their part to actually do it the right way because there was a hundred other ways to do it that would have really not been for the culture. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then she gets a lot of grief, but you know what? Lady smart. Uh, lady smart. Nice lady. She knows what she's doing. She was smart, you know, for, mm -hmm. for you know, bringing us in there. You know, like, listen, let's go spade to spade. I don't see no other MSOs doing what she's doing. You know, well, there, there's, there's a couple of them maybe, uh, but you know what? I think that's a smart move. I think these other MSOs probably did it. They, they might get somewhere, but a lot of them are just fucking greedy fuckers. You know, yeah. she, you know, they, you know, they said they were going to pay me. You know what? Every fucking month, fucking direct deposit, direct deposit, direct deposit. So, you know what? Nothing bad to say about it. So I keep yeah. thinking with, with Mango, man, you know, every podcast is with him. It's like great relationships. That's what I keep getting with him. He builds these great relationships with other people, other brands, other businesses, CEOs, and they've they're fruitful look at this i mean we've talked about multiple relationships you've built from zero to a hundred and now you guys have fruitful relationships that both of you are eating off of and it's uh it's a transparent positive business that helps growers all the products you produce for growers Trollmaster. this all saves growers money saves growers growers hassle problems on and on so it's just i mean it, it makes it, it easier. Bro. It makes it easier for you mm -hmm. to grow. You know, I mean, it's just like, I think the Hydrox Jr., as little as that little fucking thing was, you know what? Uh, it, 
it, it that was like a breakthrough, you know? Uh, and even though I guess I was against the controller, didn't believe in it, didn't want to like it, hated the thing. It's like, that thing actually won me over because like, holy shit, this, this little stupid little blue thing actually fucking mm -hmm. worked. And uh, you that, uh, if you know, um, that you used to go, you know, away, let's say a, a trucker or somebody that had a job and went off, you know, a couple of days, you used to have to, have your neighbor come fill your rest, you know, or stuff like this. Now you have the Aquax Junior too that, you know, automatically feeding your plant as long as it's got a, you know, a, a water line to it. I mean, Ed from the office one time left for three weeks to go to, or two weeks to go to Maine on vacation and just left his, you know, with, with Beanstalk Agriculture, which is another pretty good, you know, business deal that I think that I did, you know, with Nelson, you know, um, you know, I promote them, but you know, he just mixes, mixes the feed, slow release. All he's got to do is the Aquax, I tell the feed, 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 and then, Ed can can see his his growth from you know the the vitals from from this Hydrex on on the app at home uh, or anywhere you can be in China shit you can be in the Maldives you can be in Tahiti and as long as you got phone so service or you know, access to a computer you can see the vitals in your room I mean that's that's that was groundbreaking with 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 the Trollmaster I mean I, I never seen it before another thing that I was really amazed at the Hydrex Juniors when um when I was first starting to sell these things and uh. I couldn't believe that I had a microchip, you know, that you could actually upgrade the controller. So it's a, a guys that are making a controller that, you know, okay, you need to do this new, okay, when the next model is going to come out, the dude tells me, no, you have a microchip. You tell us what you need, and then you stick it in the controller and you have firmware update, and then we give you more uh, stuff like that. So I'm like, what? That's good and bad. Good because you can upgrade the controller back because you're not selling controllers. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's good because it's, people are going to like it and they're going to sell more of it. Um, you know, and so, so that was pretty cool, you know, and, uh, and they, they listened, you know, whenever I gave them feedback, they had a great, they had a great product for the beginning. Uh, they had a great product in the beginning, but I was able to be the boots on the ground guy, the actual grower that gave them real life feedback as a grower in how to improve the products. You know, I remember one of the first things that I ever told them is, um, when I installed the Aquax in, or in Oregon is they had the, the inline sensors or the tank sensors and they had like a six foot cord. So I think that my first picture, I was, I was standing on, on a ladder and I was holding the cord on, on top of, uh, along the side of a 500 gallon tank. So with, with the sensor or the, the, the meter right at the bottom, the cord barely stuck out the, the top of the tank. So I go, bro, you know, we, we can't screw shit to the tank. This cord needs to be 15 feet because it's got to go up and around and mm -hmm. go to a, to a wall. And, um, Okay, I'll call you right back. Like two, three hours later, we can't do 15 feet, engineer says, because it's such low voltage, but we can do 12 feet or 13 feet, 12 feet. I'll take 12 feet. 12 feet is better than six feet. It's double. You know, so little things like that. I, like, I, couldn't, I can't believe that I actually got guys in, 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 in Hong Kong and China that I can fucking make shit like this happen just like fucking overnight, you know, and be able to better a product. So I got hooked. I got hooked. I said, like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with these guys. We're, we're going to make this thing into a into a, into a household name, Coca-Cola, Trollmaster, fucking anywhere you go. And then, and I kid with them say, you know, what? Trollmaster would be the Coca-Cola. So uh, I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed but, uh, all the way around. Um, best worst day of my life, redirected my life into, uh, into what it is today. And um, hopefully within the next month or two, month, I have plants in here in uh, next chapter, next chapter of my life.
I mean, the next chapter and and to see all the behind the scenes get on our Patreon for first smoke of the day. It is it's a game changer to get to know you better, to get to know all these growers better. Every episode, we have all this extra stuff that we get to hang out with you guys. We get to know everyone better and we put it on the Patreon, put it on the website and it's all on the behind the scenes. And like, it's been a pleasure being here with you, bro. Um, my mind's racing from how much gross stuff we had today. It's been awesome. It's been awesome. And your story is very crazy, man. <laughs> you got the cliff notes too. I got more. Oh, <laughs> they already know. They already know. That thing's going to be a book this thick one day. One day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pretty interesting. Oh, hell of a story, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, Mango life. land. Mango land, baby. Dope to see where you're at right now. It's inspiring. It is. Yeah, it really it. is. I appreciate awesome, it. Awesome, man. Any shout outs, anything before we wrap up? Uh, biggest shout out would be Trollmaster. Thank you for, uh, shit. Thank you for fucking believing me, uh, when, when nobody else did, uh, you, uh, you were there and, uh, I can't wait to take this, this company to the next level. Um, Kim Rivers, thank you. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, you know, think growing, um, all the other companies that, uh, have put their faith in me and put their products on, uh, on my store. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for, um, Thank you guys for coming up here. I think yeah, you guys asked me a few times to to mm -hmm. go down there and do the show, but unfortunately, like I said, I'm married to this place, and uh, if I leave, a hole gets drilled in the wrong place. So, I appreciate you guys taking the time to come up here and uh, and bringing the, the first smoke of the day to Mango Land. And uh, I like that I'm the first podcast inside of a grow room. My it's a fact. Mango. It it's is. A fact. What about any advice to a young grower? Oh, oh my God. Now they just scary. What do you tell them? Stay away. Don't do it. <laughs> Go back to school. That's, <laughs> why, that's why I wanted to say that. Oh I, my, I just, oh yeah, my the market. Run, boy. I do get that. <laughs> I do get that DM all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we you all do, do. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's different. It's, it's not the fast money that it used to be. Um, you know what? If you want to, if you're young, if you're young, if you're young, I would say go to school to horticulture because this is where, this is where this is going. We're blessed that, you know, this is the infancy and call it Insta fame or, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, being, you know, there is no, you know what, what, what our resume is at this young, at this early stage, Instagram is our fucking resume. Hate to say it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because there, there is no resumes. You know what I'm saying? You, you can say, Hey, you know, I've been growing for 20, 30 years because it wasn't legal. You couldn't say it. So our resume is Instagram. But I think in the future, your resume is going to be, uh, you know, where you're, uh, you're, um, you're an agronomist, you know, you're an agronomist and you got a degree that specializes in cannabis. Uh, I'm sure other universities are, universities are going to specialize, start specializing in cannabis field. And um, I don't think that the money's going to be what it used to be, let's say, you know, uh, you know, the fast money, fast paced. But then again, if this is what, you know, people go to school to be an accountant, people go to school to be an architect. If that's your passion, then go be a uh, agronomist, go be in horticulture, you know, uh, and get a degree. And then you got to move to a state that it's, uh, that it's legal. And uh, don't expect them to relocate you if you, know any, if you don't know anything. Move there and uh, get a job at the trim table and always be the last one to leave. Yeah, chase uh, it, man. Chase it. Be because the last one to leave. Look at this. I mean... Uh selling picks and axes to uh the guys chasing gold nuggets this is what it'll build sometimes man you got into the right side of the industry it's it's and like he said like pat god said it's inspiring to see your journey man it really is 
Well, like I said, once again, I appreciate it. I would have never guessed that I would be here uh, five years ago when I was at the low, one of the lowest points in my life. Uh, I never would have thought, but uh, I'm fucking sure as happy I did. You know, and like I said, I'd do it all over again, you know. Yeah. And you're slacking if you ain't on our Patreon and our website, by the way. <laughs> Man. Yo, you already yeah. know. Hey, Miami Mango, first smoke of the day. It's episode 62. First one in the grow. We're out, man. We're First out. One in Peace. The That's Live days. in the grow. We're you. out. Peace. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine. The DiamondMine.LA, California source for boutique genetics. Powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the DiamondMine.LA, and we're going to offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter, and see if you can rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The DiamondMind.LA, powered by Blackleaf. A calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, NeptuneSeedBank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you.